This is Ministry Bits, episode 032, recorded April 27th, 2015. Buying a new computer. Ministry Bits is proud to be a part of the AIM network of podcasts. and You can find them at adventuresinministry.com. And don't forget to check out the AIM series theaimseries.com and the theme for this year in 2015 is Aim Higher. It's an eight-week series of videos featuring speakers like David Shannon and Jeremy Hall and we will be starting those and releasing those for free to the public in June. Starting June 1st, you can download all of those free videos, full-length 15-minute lessons and uh, be sure to check that out at adventuresinministry.com Well, good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lehman, and I'm here as your host for the 32nd episode of Ministry Bits. And uh, it's been a while. And I do, uh, you know, this, this is getting, to, I know what you're saying right now in your head. This is getting to be really old, Chad. You apologizing for not having consistent shows. It's all about consistency, my friends. It's all about the consistency. Somebody told me that before. It is all about consistency in podcasting, in writing, and all those different things, and um, I have done none of that. Uh, I would say that I have a good reason. I kind of do. Um, I will be moving uh, to Columbia, Tennessee, from my wonderful home here in Lewisburg. I will no longer be a youth minister. I will be what some of my friends are calling a real minister now. And I'm not gonna even going to be a real pulpit minister, I don't think, in my opinion. I'm actually going to be an education minister. Education minister at the Graymere Church of Christ. So I will be starting that job on May 15th, and uh, that explains a little bit of my tardiness, a little bit of my lack of involvement here with the podcast. I've been scrambling around going to interviews, going to VBS meetings for my new job and going to VBS meetings for my old job and all these other things. And if you've ever transitioned from one job to another, uh, you know, it's a, the best of circumstances and Church Street has been really good to uh, my family and I and really, really great place. But Church Street has been very good to my family uh, and I, and um, we're going to miss them. Uh, but we're at the same time excited for our new work. So uh, please pray for us, and uh, we'll make every effort to uh, keep the podcasts consistent. And I want to talk uh, to you today about buying a new computer. Uh, now, this is a a thing that has really, you know, I get text messages and, and Facebook messages and all sorts of things all the time uh, about this, diff- this this subject that people want to know, hey, what, what computer do you recommend? Or what, what do you recommend that I get? Or if I'm going to get a Mac, what should I get? And all sorts of stuff. And usually it's Mac questions because everybody knows I'm kind of the Mac guy and that's fine. You know, uh, I'm, I will not shy away from telling you that I have been an Apple guy for uh, going on 12 years now. And um, I, I'm so ridiculous that I actually just got through looking at an Apple watch today. Um, I used that little Apple store app and I made an appointment to go look at an Apple watch and it was 
pretty impressive. I'll be honest. It was absolutely, I'm not going to get to talking about the watch. I'm not going to talk about the watch because the watch is irrelevant and it's a toy. And that's what it is. It's a toy. And it's, and it's a completely irrelevant to ministry. If you try to, if you try, like somebody told me one time there was, they went, well, you know, you can use it to present from, you can just tap the thing on your wrist in PowerPoint. Now you really can actually, they said, you can just tap the thing on your wrist in PowerPoint and it'll, it'll advance the slide. So as a minister, you could use that. Now, yeah, you could, but you know what? You could also just hit the clicker. <laughs> so while it's not necessary, um, I certainly uh, think it's fun. And if you have the amount of income that doesn't allow you to go into debt and to get something like that, or if you um, save up your pennies and and go do that like I'm going to do, probably, um, then more power to you. Let me know how it works out. Let me know how if you're using it is useful in your ministry. I'd love to hear about that. Millions uh, got their Apple Watches Friday last week. And um, safe to say it's it's a pretty good hit. They sold more Apple Watches than Android Wear has sold in the last, what, 8 to 12 months? <laughs> it's kind of sad. Apple just kind of waltzes in and says, eh, well, we'll take it from here. Thanks for, thanks for doing that legwork, but we'll, we'll take it from here. So anyway, not to, uh, not to bash uh, Android and not to praise Apple. This is not what that show's about, although it'll probably be a lot more praising Apple than there will be bashing of Android or Windows or any of that type of thing. But I'm going to try to get a, a fair and balanced look just like Fox News, right? A fair and balanced look at uh, buying a new computer. Now, if you are completely, and I, and I hope I haven't lost you talking about the Apple Watch and things like that, uh, but if you are completely lost at looking at the numbers when you type in laptop on Amazon and you see 5.6 or 15.6 inch, uh, 2.7 gigahertz, eight gigs of RAM, you know, you see all this stuff and you have no idea what it means. Let me just do a little tutorial here for you. Uh, and that if you know what it means, now, if you, if you're a computer nerd and you know what some of these things mean, then just go ahead and fast forward, but stay with me. And, and you might actually learn a few things, even if you think that, you know, so if you look at processor speed, processor speed is, um, when you get to the high end and to the low end, you're going to have a mobile processor speed and you're going to have a high end, uh, pro laptop, quote unquote, pro laptop speed. And your pro laptop speeds are going to be anywhere from 2.4 to 3.1 gigahertz. Uh, the the higher the, the rate, the faster the processor, obviously. And then sometimes you'll see this turbo boost thing, which means the processor can speed up beyond. It can overclock, basically. They used to call it overclocking. Overclock, um, overclock past that processor speed. So say like something like turbo boost up to 3.4. That's only when the machine needs it. Uh, say if you're like rendering a video or if you're doing um, recording something, something, something like that. So if you look at processor speed, processor speed has not, it used to be the most important thing. Uh, but now not, it's not the most important thing. Because you'll see brand new laptops, like for instance, the new MacBook, not MacBook Pro, not MacBook Air, but the new MacBook, it came out with like a 1.1 gigahertz. Um, 15 years ago, I was using a 866 megahertz uh, computer. <laughs> and and that, just, that just blows my mind that something could be that low, but still have the performance uh, that, it, that it does. And I actually got to play around with one of the new MacBooks. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But processor speed, you got your mobile, pro, you got your pro processors, and then you got your uh, high, your low end, 
which are the low-power portability processors for the thinner laptops, for the ultra-portables, what used to be called netbooks. Um, remember those? <laughs> and you get, uh, sometimes you get 1.1 gigahertz, you get 1.4, 1.7. They usually don't go past about 2.0 uh, because you, you are sacrificing a lot of power. You, the lower the processor speed and the more mobile-friendly it is, it's, you're going to get way better battery life. Uh, so if battery life, before I even go into all these, these, these things to talk about today, if battery life is, is incredibly important for you, um, then you need to be looking at portable laptops, ones with lower process, lower number, low numbers on the processor speed, both windows and Mac, because they're going to, uh, consume less power. They're going to allow you to uh, do more with, with a little bit less, and they're going to have maybe higher RAM and higher video cards so that you can do a little bit more and it not be a big load on the processor. So the processor, the, the screen is actually the one that takes up the most battery life, um, but the processor is a close second because they, they really try to get that processor down because it really makes all, whatever, all the computer go. It, it, it's the CPU is the speed, the central processing unit. That's what makes everything go. Uh, and it tells the RAM what to do. It tells the video card what to do, the SSD what to do. It tells everything what to do. Uh, so it's the most, probably one of the most important parts of your computer. And it consumes the second most amount of energy. Uh, so, and then you get into something like RAM, random access memory. And this is something that allows you to, uh, how fast you can pull things up and how fast you can, you can access things. Uh, and uh, the more gigabytes you have for this, obviously, the better. Uh, I would always, especially, especially on Apple machines, uh, I would always maximize my RAM because in the new Apple machines and this, you know, I love Apple, but sometimes they just do stuff that gets all over my nerves. They have made their newest laptops and desktops all except I think, I think the Mac mini and I think the Mac pro, which unless you're a super video guru person, you're never going to buy a Mac Pro because they start at like $3,000. But other than those two desktop computers, the laptops now are, you cannot change the RAM. You cannot upgrade the RAM uh, because the RAM is actually on the board because these, these machines are getting so thin, basically. Uh, so every computer uh, built in the last, every laptop probably built in the last one to two years by Apple has a non-upgradable RAM. And, and, and yeah, you'll find some places online that say, well, you, yeah, you can upgrade it. And you can do it's really difficult, though, and, and it's not recommended. And it voids your warranty if you have one. So I wouldn't do that. So RAM is important as far as uh, if you're doing video, if you're doing if you like to do a lot of things at the same time, uh, if you like to have your word processing program going, your Bible program going, your uh, this app going, this app going, Dropbox loading stuff up and transferring this file to this and doing all this stuff at the same time, then you need more RAM. Uh, eight gigabytes, I'd say, is pretty much the standard. If you have something less than eight gigabytes this day and age, your computer's probably slowing down uh, gradually. It's probably slowing down pretty good by this point. Uh, I had a four gigabyte laptop for a long time and it is, it's pretty slow right now and I use it as a server and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but RAM is, is incredibly important, especially if you're doing video, uh, if you're doing Photoshop and we'll talk about those heavy uses, those heavy use cases and those light use cases here in a, in a minute. Uh, and then you get to the, the, the storage. Uh, that's the other kind of tier. we got three tiers here. we got processor speed, RAM and storage. Now, wh where are you going to store your stuff and how fast can you access your stuff? 
has nothing to do with how fast you can access it with RAM. I know that doesn't make any sense, but if you have a faster hard drive, a faster RPM hard drive, then you're going to be able to access your stuff faster. Your programs are going to load faster. Your documents are going to load faster, all sorts of different things like that. Uh, and sometimes you won't be able to notice and other times you will, uh, especially going from an older machine to a newer one. And uh, if you've ever heard this, uh, t- this abbreviation SSD, it stands for solid state drive. If you ever see HD, it stands just for hard drive. So right now there's kind of a shift going on between regular spinning hard drives that actually have the moving parts that sound like the little ticking sounds when you turn on the computer, like that, when you turn on the computer. So they've got these regular hard drives and they are have pretty much reached a peak. You cannot get any faster than 7200 RPM on those. And they're cheap and they're huge. You can get like one or two terabyte drives. Uh, but they're not going to be nearly as fast. Well, you wouldn't imagine the speed boost that you get from an a SSD drive, a solid state drive. Now, solid state drives are nothing new. Uh, they've been around for several years. In fact, the iPhone, the first iPhone in 2007, was one of the first mobile phones to utilize solid state memory. Uh, and and solid state memory has been around for a long time, just not in the quantities or the, I'm sorry, the um the capacities that is that has been around so far. So you've got um, solid state drive prices actually no, no no moving parts in these these drives. They're actually coming down very significantly. And you can get a standard is a 512 gigabyte uh, SSD drive, which is phenomenal because a 512 gigabyte SSD drive would run you several probably six or eight hundred dollars, whereas it'll be about four hundred dollars now. Uh, which is really, really good because these SSDs really speed up your machine. So if you have a um, an opportunity, get an SSD built in. And um, while the hard drives are easily, much more easily upgradable, especially on Macs, than the RAM is, I would recommend always, you know, maxing out because you'll never know exactly how much storage that you use um, or you're going to use rather. Uh, you never know, especially if you're doing any kind of video, always, always max out uh, your storage space. Photos as well. Photos are getting huge these days. And then Photoshop files and Illustrator files and any kind of graphics editing, you're going to need space. And so uh, you don't want to have to rely on something like Dropbox or something like a cloud storage service or an external lug an external hard drive around with you. You don't want to have to do that. Uh, You want your stuff all on your machine. You want it zippy and you want it fast and accessible really, really well. So those are the basic terminology. I may have spent way too much time talking about that, but that's kind of a lesson in the basic terminology on what kind of specs to look for for a computer. And obviously you've got screen size, you've got, does it have a full size keyboard? Does it have a numeric pad? Does it have, um, you know, all these other different things, backlit screen, obviously it's going to have a backlit screen. Does it have a retina screen? That's kind of a term that Apple uses now for high resolution screens that your eyeball cannot tell the difference between individual pixels. And let me tell you, they look amazing. And um, they really do. If you can get a retina screen, uh, which is a resolution, I believe, of over 2560 by 1690 or something like that. Uh, That's the number of pixels on the screen on a 13-inch laptop. Uh, So if you can get over that resolution, then you'll be doing good. You'll have a crisp, wonderful, gorgeous display to look at, and it'll be really great. Uh, So number one I have, you need to buy a computer based upon your needs. Uh, Identify what needs you have. 
uh, take a, a few minutes one day or take a, take a week on your computer and write down everything you do on it. As you do it, write down, hey, I edited this photo. I edited two or three photos for the bulletin this week. I uh, typed out all my sermons on Microsoft Word, or I typed them out in a text editor, or I typed them out in pages on the Mac. Uh, and I surfed the internet, obviously, and I watched some videos on the internet, and I downloaded some apps on the internet and all those other different things. Um, and then I, that's, that's all I did. You need to determine what you do and how you use it. Uh, because if you're buying a machine, you need to know what you're buying a machine for. Uh, I have here sitting in front of me my brand new uh, MacBook Pro from 2015 from this year, the, the new ones with the Force Touch trackpad on them. And I've got a 512 gigabyte uh, SSD on it. And it's got a Core uh, 2 Duo i7 processor at 3.1. And the reason why I have this, and it has 16 gigabytes of RAM also. And the reason why I have this insane amount of power is because I'm going to be doing HD video editing and rendering. Um, doing HD, you can edit an HD video on a MacBook Air or even the new MacBooks, but it's going to stutter. It's going to give you the little beach ball. It's going to give you the little clock or whatever it is and everything. If you do not have enough power to do this, Yes, technically you can do some of these higher powered things, these heavy, this heavy lifting, what I'm going to talk about, but it's not recommended and it will take a toll on your machine and it will cause your machine to slow down prematurely. And whereas your machine would last you four years, it's going to last you three or two years uh, in the long run. And so you don't need to overpower your machine. It's like, uh, it's like using, you know, it's like using a, a, a water hose to, get a T-Rex, you know, to, to kill a T-Rex. You can't, you can't do that. Or it's like pulling a, uh, it's like pulling a, a, a hundred car train down the tracks, um, uh, with a Chevy Malibu, you know, it's just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. It doesn't really work that way. You want to get something that's comparable to your needs. Uh, so if you're writing sermons and you're writing on your blog and you're surfing the internet and you're watching YouTube videos sometimes, or even other videos on the web, and you're doing a lot of word processing and writing and things like that. And that's about all you do. I, I would consider that light use. And you can actually go for some of the more ultra portable laptops. So you're not going to need to do any real hardcore photo editing. Every A photo here and there, uh, especially using the new Photos app for, for Mac and maybe even some of the um, photo editing software for Windows, uh, it's not going to be that bad and you're not going to notice uh, a whole big thing, but you don't, can't use that every single day. I, I personally use Photoshop and Final Cut Pro every single day. Uh, so I need something that's way more powerful. Uh, so if you're doing any of that kind of thing, then I'd say that you're a light user, uh, classified as a light user. Even if you do that a lot, you're still considered only a light user. Uh, then I would consider the mid users. I'd consider, you know, you edit some photos, you do some layouts on your computer. Maybe you do the bulletin. Uh, that's a kind of a mid, um, a mid kind of thing. And I would still recommend some ultra portables for that, but then you might want to look at some of the mid range laptops. The, you've got your 2.4 gigahertz, your 2.1 gigahertz processors. You've got eight gigabytes of Ram still. You want to make that the standard. You want to make sure that you have enough storage. So 512 or a terabyte SSD would be good. And uh, you may do some light photo editing. You may do some uh, auto audio recording with that. Now, consider that a mid-level kind of task. And then your heavy task, obviously, as I talked about, are um, editing uh, video. And that goes for editing a HD video, editing uh, 4K video, 
Uh, and basically editing any kind of video, any kind of digitized video I have found uh, really takes a toll on some of these computers when they try to render them out, when they try to... See, editing them is not the problem. Uh, getting them into files, getting them to cohesive units edited and spliced together with titles and all this other different stuff, that's where you get into trouble uh, rendering all that kind of stuff and your computer sputtering and, and failing maybe and crashing and overheating and all sorts of different stuff. I struggled with this whole prospect during um, during my tenure, my last year at Freed Harmon in 2007. Uh, I had to do a senior practicum project, and I was doing it all on a 12-inch MacBook. And uh, it was a 12-inch PowerBook, excuse me. It was a PowerBook back in the day. It was it was literally like, like I just said, as a Chevy Malibu uh, pulling a train. I mean, it was just... It, everything took forever and that that machine got so hot it got so overtaxed uh, but then on the same end of the spectrum you don't want to go get spend two thousand dollars on a macbook pro that you're gonna use to watch youtube videos and type your sermons out i mean or do powerpoint presentations you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to do that that's like trying to to kill a fly with a fire hose um, it's, it's just way overcompensating for, or way uh, overpowered for what you need to do. Uh, the good thing about, uh, going, I can't necessarily speak for Microsoft stores or any kind of Best Buy or anything like that. Cause I just haven't talked to the sales reps there, but Apple, if you go to talk to them about a Mac and let me encourage you, if you haven't thought about a Mac, uh, yes, I am partial to Macs and, and no, they're not a sponsor, but you know, I, I'm very partial to them because I've been using them and I think that they are at now they still are the best machines to use, even for ministers. Uh, I think that every minister would be better off with a Mac. But when you go to an Apple store, they're not going to try to sell you the most powerful, most expensive machine. Uh, they're going to ask you the same th questions that I'm asking right now. What are you going to use it for? Uh, what, are you going, what, do you, what are your needs? So that's the th kind of things that they're going to ask you about. And I think that's great because you don't need uh, extra power if you don't want it. And you can't plan... To say, well, I, I want to do videos in the future. Well, you might not ever get around to that. Uh, so I would buy for now. And if you really do decide to do videos, uh, you can upgrade. Um, Macs have a tremendous resale value and will sell on eBay or Craigslist or any of that kind of stuff like a hotcake. They will be sold very, very quickly. Uh, so you can obviously upgrade. And I do that same thing with mine when I upgrade every uh, about every two years. So buy based upon your needs. And second thing I got down here is buy based upon what you know. Uh, I just talked about going to a Mac. If you if you haven't thought about a Mac, look at them. Give, give them a look. Go to an Apple store. I'm sure you've been to an Apple store before if you're curious and you want to look at them. And I've known several, I've known, well, I say several, I've known a, one or two ministers that have bought Macs based upon either my recommendation or someone else's, and they have taken them back saying, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do it. I've been on a Windows machine for, for ages, and, and I just... That's what I'm used to. And if whatever works for you, don't change. Uh, if you got a Windows laptop uh, and you've had a Windows laptop for forever, don't change. Now, that being said, you need to, if you're going to stay on one platform, you need to make sure that if you still got a computer at your um, congregation that runs Windows XP, you're going to need to upgrade. Okay. Uh, you need to get for security's standpoint, from just a security standpoint, uh, a virus standpoint, you need to upgrade very badly. Uh, so make sure that you get 
the latest update, um, latest updates to the Microsoft system, to the Mac system. If you got a Mac, uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to make fun of Aaron uh, Dodson at, uh, at the Martin Church of Christ, but I spoke there on Internet Safety uh, last weekend. And I went and I was op- trying to open my keynote presentation and it wouldn't open my keynote presentation. I'm saying, what in the world? Why are they? What is the deal with this keynote? Why is it not opening? Well, it turns out that their machine was four operating system versions old, meaning it was probably had not been updated in over five years. And you need to have an updated hardware to have an updated machine with all the updated new things. And you, you hear all this stuff about how the updated stuff messes up and it messes up. Some, well, they've really ironed a lot of that stuff out in the last few years. They really have. Uh, you need to ask people about what they what they have used, what they're using that's really good for them, uh, what Windows computers, what Macs are working for them. Watch YouTube reviews. Uh, I know some YouTube reviews are hit or miss, uh, but I would really check out some YouTube r- reviews on some um, really good ones. Read Consumer Reports. Uh, read uh, Ask.com. Uh, read all these different uh, websites that review Gizmodo. Uh, the Verge, all these different ones that review these laptops, review these desktop computers, whatever you're thinking that you're going to need, then I would just ask around for that. So buy based upon what you know. Don't change for change sake, changes sake. Uh, change because something has a better offering for you. Uh, and then the last thing I've got on here, number three, is is don't buy the cheapest. Um, I know that ministers are not the best paid people in the world, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, and I know that a vast majority of you listening work for smaller congregations, and those smaller congregations cannot buy you a $2,000 laptop every three years. Uh, some of the bigger ones can, and, and your church should be providing you with a machine. Um, you need to be responsible with what you're selecting. You don't need to go max out something and then not use it if you're going to not use it. Uh, but you need to don't buy the cheapest. So don't go out and buy a Chromebook. And I'm not saying that because Chromebooks are bad. Chromebooks are actually really, really cool. But don't go buy a Chromebook because they're $199. You will get what you pay for. Like so many other things in life, you will get what you pay for. Um Cheap Windows laptops, they'll break. Uh, they're made from the cheapest materials. They're made from the cheapest hard drives, the cheapest RAM, the cheapest screens. Uh, they have low-resolution screens. They're going to slow down after a while. You're going to have to defragment. You're going to have to get virus software. You're going to have to get all this other stuff, and they will not last as long as a quality Windows laptop. And I've got some recommendations that I'm going to give you here in just a minute. Uh, and like I said, Macs are great, uh, but buying an old Mac really cheap may be do more harm than good because, like I said, you don't want to be on a machine that can't support the latest operating system. Uh, you don't want to be on a machine. You don't want to get something that's com- severely underpowered that was supposed to be used seven or eight years ago. Um, just because you find a Mac Mini for a hundred bucks on eBay does not mean you should buy it. Um, maybe to test one out if you're curious about it, but please, please, please do not buy the cheapest. Uh, either save up some money, spend some money. Uh, on what you can uh, get a budget from your elders if they give you a budget of eight hundred or a thousand dollars for a computer every three years every every four years have something like that written into your contract um, I do and I do at the new place as well which is really great because I know that in three years I'm gonna get me a, I'm gonna get me a new laptop uh, so 
it's interesting um, if you think about these different things. Don't buy the cheapest. I got these three things. Let's do this. Buy based upon your needs. Buy based upon what you know. And don't buy the cheapest. Now, uh, here's my some of my technical recommendations as we kind of rounding out the show here. Uh, some of my recommendations for... Uh, laptops in general and I really like only I really only like one brand I'll give an honorable mention to Windows uh, laptops we'll start with Windows I'll give an honorable mention to Windows laptops for the Surface Pro 3 um, with the keyboard that is the sleekest coolest little computer it's a little bit underpowered Uh, you can't really do a lot of Photoshop on it and you have to buy the keyboard and mouse separate if you want to really want to do like photo editing work or you want to do uh, website work, website, different things like that. Uh, it, it, but it deserves an honorable mention and it's really, really good. So if you're using anything from like mid to light tasks, you know, word processing, surfing the internet, writing your sermons, doing PowerPoint presentations, um, PowerPoint, the new versions of PowerPoint and Windows uh, are, are really, really good. And um, they're they're finally figuring it out. I think after after five or ten years of being pretty stale with uh, with PowerPoint, I think PowerPoint and and Word have really come a long way. Um, I really like Outlook as a mail service. I love um, for planning. There is I don't think there's hardly anything better uh, than what is it the Microsoft um, OneNote Microsoft OneNote. And uh, for for planning stuff, for for making to do lists and documents, for syncing sermons to your laptop or to your iPad or something like that, it's really really great service. Um, so you've got your um, I would say the Surface Pro Free, uh, Pro Three is really great. It, I would, the recommended laptop that I'm going to recommend on the mid to light spectrum, um, if you're mid to light use on that, is uh, is the Lenovo Flex. Two Lenovo Flex Two, and it's a really good computer. The Lenovo Flex Three is imminent; it's coming soon, uh, and it's going to be around the same price, probably maybe a hundred bucks more. So, if you want to wait on that, that would be good. But it has a core i5 processor, 1.7 gigahertz. It's got four gigabytes of RAM and 500 gigabytes of storage, and that's going to set you back about 589 dollars. It's a quality laptop. I've used it before. I've used it for. Uh, different Windows, uh, Windows-based presentations on Windows internet safety and different things. It's really great. It's got some ports on it. It's got an HDMI port. It's got a few um, uh, USB ports. Uh, it's really great. It's going to have all the ports that you need. It's got a VGA port on it as well, I think. It's really, really good little laptop. Uh, it's nice design. I love Lenovo's design. They have very Apple-like design in their stuff, and it's uh, all black. It's got a black keyboard. Uh, it's really, really nice laptop. It's got a good-looking screen, too. So that's the one that I would recommend, a mid to light. Um, and as far as a heavy-use Windows laptop, if you want a heavy-use Windows laptop, I'm going to go with Lenovo again, and I'm going to say the Y50. That's a Y50, Y50. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the 15.6-inch. And I don't own this laptop. I haven't used it, but I have. I'm sorry, I have used it, uh, but I do not own it. And um, it has a Intel Core i7, which is the highest uh, Intel Core Duo you can get right now. It's a 2.4 gigahertz, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and a 1 terabyte of storage, and that's 1,249. That is a top-of-the-line laptop. You should be able to do pretty much anything that you want to uh, with that computer uh, that you wanted to do. Aside from editing 4K video, uh, which I doubt anybody um, is going to do. I'm not even going to be able to do that because I don't even have 4K video. 
uh, to edit. But the Lenovo Y50, and I'm going to have this all in the show notes, and that's a really good one. It's $1,249. And then when you get into the Mac side of things, for the mid to light um, recommendation, I would recommend the MacBook Air uh, 13-inch. And that's going to have an Intel Core um, uh, Duo 1.6, I believe. Yeah, 1.6, 1.7. 8 gigabytes of RAM, 250 gigabytes of storage. And it's going to run you about $1,399. And uh, it's really, really good. It's a MacBook Air that's really, really slim. Uh, now, I cannot, however, recommend the new MacBook, and, and I'll tell you why. And if you read my article last week, you'll, you'll understand. Uh, I cannot recommend the new MacBook because it only has one port. It, it has a USB, and that port you can't even really use, except for the, the charger that they give you with it. You have to have an adapter, which Apple can't even get you until June, to even hook up a regular USB hard drive or USB uh, thumb drive. So it's just like, what in the world? Apple is, is, is really pushing the future of laptops right in our face. And it's really great, except that ministers can't use that. Uh, it's almost like ministers can't even use that for two years. So I can't recommend the new Apple MacBook, but what I can recommend is the MacBook Air for the mid to light stuff. And you can do some very light, very sparse video editing with that. You can do some good uh, photo editing with that if you would like to. And it's going to handle all of the video watching and web surfing and word processing and PowerPoint. It's going to handle all that just fine. Um, And then if you're going to go way more, if you're going to do some video production, if you're going to want to distribute those videos, if you're going to want to do all that kind of stuff, I would recommend what I have sitting right in here in front of me, the Apple MacBook Pro 13-inch. And uh, you can, the base configuration is an Intel Core i5 2.7 gigahertz processor, and it's got 8 gigabytes of RAM with 256 gigabytes of storage, and it's going to run you $1499. And uh, really great machine. I actually have the higher, I told you the the other one, I have the higher range one so I can uh, get some video work done faster and quicker and things like that. But it's got this really cool force touch trackpad, and I want you to go to an Apple store and check this out because you'll think it's the, the previous generation laptop because this force touch trackpad actually does not move at all. Uh, what it does is it has vibration sensors in it to when you click on it, it gives you a virtual click like a dunk like that when you click it. And it's got an even thing where you can feel when you press down harder, it's going to do certain functions on the laptop like fast forward faster and quick time or something like that. And it's going to feel like you're going into the track. It's the weirdest thing ever. I can't even really describe it all that well. You're just going to have to check it out yourself. So that is uh, kind of my computer buyer's guide for 2015. And I've had a lot of questions about that, a lot of um, requests to talk about different machines, requests to talk about uh, how to choose one. Uh, Buy based upon your needs, buy based upon what you know, and don't buy the cheapest. That's kind of my three rules right there. Uh, for buying a new computer. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Let's have a quick prayer and then we'll end our podcast uh, show this week. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you so much for every listener out there, every minister, every church worker, every person who is working in your kingdom to try to make that kingdom move forward. And Lord, help us to not be distracted by the technology that we love and that we talk about and that we sometimes get a little too obsessive over, but help us use that technology to further your kingdom, to spread the gospel to every creature, Lord. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you so much for your influence on us, on our lives. Thank you so much for the churches and the leadership positions that you have placed us in. Thank you so much for your church. 
And most of all, thank you so much for your son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Again, we thank you so much for joining us this week. And um, we hope to see you next week again. We're going to have David Arthur on. He's a church worker in Indiana, and he's going to be talking to us about some church tech, and we would love to have you join us that way. Don't forget to check out adventuresinministry.com, the AIM series. You can go to theaimseries.com, and it'll go to that site. We're doing an eight-week video series, and I am uh, editing that as we speak, and it's got some great speakers uh, lined up for that. And if you're a youth minister, even if you're a minister, you can use these uh, free 15-minute videos. We're going to have lesson guides with them as well. It's just basically having like having a guest speaker, a summer series at your own church without having to pay anybody. <laughs> That's what it's like. Uh, so you can get eight weeks of speakers uh, and uh, eight different sessions, and the theme is Aim Higher. We're talking about the book of Philippians. So go check that out, theaimseries.com. We'll have a lot more information up there in the coming weeks, and you're going to hear a lot more about this on the AIM Network. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. God bless you, and go with God. <laughs>